0: Welcome back to another podcast, you guys. Today, I'm back with Molly. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about... Oh, back again. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about Andor, episodes one through four. This is a 12-episode season, so I figured we'd split it up since it's a lot of information. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving the show so far. It's fantastic. How do you think it is compared to, like, The Mandalorian?
1: I think, like, the biggest thing for me is that it it is a Star Wars show, but it also doesn't feel like a Star Wars show, and I feel like that's something I'm going to say, like, so many times throughout, like, our discussion of it, but it really does. Like, it's not as... I guess like in your face and overtly Star Wars and so I think it's it's really interesting to take the lens of this story arc and put it into like just everyday characters and just Mm -hmm. everyday people and like obviously we know who Cassian is and we know who Mon Mothma is but the majority of this story so far has been people that we have no idea about and that could just be anyone from the universe and it's also like they do a lot of showing and not telling with like their sets and with the dialogue and um
0: i've noticed that too yeah
1: yeah so it's just like you're just kind of thrown into this new world that we know and that we can see hints of but it's all still fresh and new, and so I think it's all just so interesting with the way that they're handling the story and the, I guess, just, like, show of it all.
0: They're taking it very seriously, which I appreciate a lot, because, yeah. like... I'm glad they got Obi-Wan out of the way before this, because yeah. <laughs> then if we were watching this, all I would be thinking about is, oh my God, I just want to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah,
1: no, that's a really good point. And I think that's interesting because I feel like even between Andor and Obi-Wan, like they're both very dark kinds of shows for Star Wars. But mm-hmm. I think maybe the fact that Obi-Wan is about Obi-Wan and very inside the overall arc of the story because of his connection to Anakin, because of his connection to, you know, Luke and the later development of Star Wars as a whole. Like, it has to be something more, I guess, like, hopeful and, like, grandiose in some way, but Andor is like, no, we're dark and we're gritty. Period. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that's on period. Exactly. <laughs> well, the creator is the same writer for uh, Rogue One.
1: Bless up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tony Gilroy. Hmm. That's why it's on the same level. But um, no, I appreciate the dark Star Wars for some reason. <laughs> yeah. The overall idea of having a Cassian Andor show, even though I loved Rogue One, had me like, concerned. At mm-hmm. one point, I was like, I don't know how much we can do with this character. But I mean, Rogue One was definitely the best Star Wars movie of the Disney era thus far.
1: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will fully support that and I am okay with that. <laughs>
0: I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with me. <laughs>
1: Ugh, I need to rewatch it now that, like, I'm thinking about it again.
0: I know. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been mm-hmm. six years since it came out. It's kind of no scary. Way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was 2016? Mm-hmm. Wow. No, yeah, because, like, Force Awakens was 2015. Wow. It's weird to
0: think, because, like, the gap between Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens was 10 years. And it's been seven years since The Force Awakens. Yeah.
1: Why did it feel so much longer?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because we were kids. Because
1: we were children.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Andor is the first Star Wars series or movie to officially use the BBY, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of screeched when I saw that.
1: <laughs> like the, like at least like the title card. I think so. Yeah. 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 Now that you mentioned that, I don't, yeah, I don't think they have it anywhere else. I the mean, I think maybe. yeah before
0: Yavin, for those of you who don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Before the battle of Yavin. Yeah. Cause I was even going to think in Clone Wars, maybe it's like, somewhere during like the last season but I really don't think so so that's yeah that's really interesting
0: Mm -hmm. I know I I was really excited when I saw that it was like oh my gosh it's real (laughs) (laughs) this is also the first one in any of the Star Wars canon like television series or show I mean or movie Excuse me. (laughs) Um, That's a lot more adult than the others, I would say. I agree. Yeah.
1: And I think, again, like, between the mature tone of, like, Obi-Wan and Andor, like, again, because Obi-Wan is a character that I think represents so much, like, light and hope to so many people, like, that had to have some sort of a, like, like, there's still humor in Andor, but it's like largely like no we're just surviving and we're doing what we can to survive like this is a story of struggle and a story of like actual like pain and revenge and
0: like obi-wan's just
1: like yeah it's like war but obi-wan is you know it follows like this one guy throughout his story of like kind of rebuilding himself and so there's that but yeah i think the fact that you know andor takes place in such a gray area I think like Obi-Wan does too to an extent but it's very like you just don't know and you can't tell and I think that's also just with the way that I think like all the characters are played but especially with Cassian because like we see him in Rogue One like being so passionate about the rebellion and so invested in it but right now we're like where is he in this and like that's right. like
0: the How do also we get like the- there?
1: <laughs> exactly. And then it's also the setting I think and the environment around him really reflects that of like who is doing what, who's on what side, and who's gonna betray me one minute and who's gonna who has it out for me, who's with the empire. And, Like there's all these like mixed things going on and it's so interesting to try to like weave through it with this character.
0: And he's the perfect character to use. I never thought of him being the center of all of this, but Yeah. It works. (laughs) It
1: really does.
0: the The title theme is so well done, and it's composed by Nicholas Um, Mm -hmm. He did the music for Succession, which is one of my favorite shows on HBO. He also did the score for uh, Don't Look Up, on Netflix. Oh, okay. I like that score a lot. But the show starts on the planet Morlana One where Andor walks into a cantina trying to find his sister, who's Canarian just like him. I'm Mm. sure she'll show up at some point in the show. It's Star Wars. (laughs) It's Star
1: Wars. There's always the family. (laughs) They always pop back up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know that it's been renewed for a second season, but it Mm -hmm. will be the final season.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's an interesting move as well, with just, like, because everyone knows like the end of his story. So it's like that we know that there's not more that they can do at this point, And like with where the story is set up, but I think that's just, it's so unique and it's something that I haven't seen before.
0: Yeah. I'm glad it's a concrete storyline. It's not just going to keep going and going. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but both seasons will have 12 episodes. So it'll be 24 episodes in total. Mm. But When Mando season three is done, that'll have 24 episodes too, which is kind of weird to think about.
1: That is really weird to think about. (laughs) Huh. Also, how interesting is it that like the first shot of Mandalorian and the first shot of Andor is both of them walking into some cantina looking for someone?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's always that. Yeah. <laughs> After a shot of space, at least.
1: Exactly, yep.
0: I really liked that entire sequence, though, on Morlana 1. It really mm-hmm. set the tone for the whole show, and it made me take it a lot more seriously. It mm-hmm. almost felt like it had the same quality as an HBO show.
1: <laughs> yeah. And again, because I think with like the way that they handle this story being in the Star Wars universe where it's not like, okay, so we're going to start right out. There's like a droid or something, or there's some mention of like the greater story of everything, or like there's no mention of the force or something that's very unique to the Star Wars universe. It's just like, we're going to drop you right into some city. It almost also reminded me of kind of like Blade Runner. It seemed very, yeah. like, that was just the kind of, energy that was or like the vibe that was in that environment and now all of a sudden like nope there is just like this massive fight and there is very obvious deaths in this and it's very like very gritty and very dark right off the bat and it's just like Alrighty then like that's one way to set up a story.
0: <laughs> oh, we're just going right into this. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of the episodes take place on planet ferrix where Andor, his adopted mother and his friend bix reside but i love his droid b2 email or whatever <laughs> <laughs> he's a great new droid i was kind of worried that introducing a new droid every single time that we get like <laughs> a new series or something would get repetitive yeah. but no nah, this doesn't
1: <laughs> i think it's also because they like they keep that new and refreshing and like here's a little droid that like stutters and who's (laughs) i mean like because obviously like there's threupio who's always like checking in to make sure what he kind of like said is correct or maybe he doesn't fully get the social cues of if like han's telling him to shut up and he doesn't (laughs) but like this droid's like very much like no i'm nervous and if you don't want me to talk like i'll stop or you know like it's it's so interesting how they create the characters of a droid itself. Mm-hmm. But that's like keeping that new and refreshing. even The
0: characteristics of a droid.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> this one's very introverted and I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andor unfortunately gets into some trouble with two men at the cantina, but he accidentally kills one of them because Cassian is extremely aggressive. We he saw kills thing both of them. Yeah, I just mean like he accidentally <laughs> killed the one, and then he was and then he purposely kill. killed the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we saw the same kind of thing when we were introduced to him in uh, Rogue One. He killed yeah. the guy who couldn't climb the ladder because his arm was broken.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now that you wow, I really need to rewatch Rogue One because I did <laughs> not do that before this series, but. It's interesting that that's the introduction to Cassian in both (laughs) stories. It's just like, he just kills a guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He goes, whoops, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) We see some flashbacks of Andor as a child on the uh, planet Kanari, where his sister and him are from. I like how there aren't any subtitles because we don't necessarily need to understand their language to relate to them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Again, showing and not telling. It's just sit and watch, take it all in.
0: Right. I like how they're incorporating that into like Star Wars too, because it's important for I don't know, just any film any
1: representation film. in film. <laughs>
0: representation at all. <laughs> yeah. I like the cinematography in the show a lot too. The shot mm. of all the working gloves on the wall for the miners on Ferrex. That was mm-hmm. really interesting, and that was a yeah. solid touch. Cassian goes there to visit his friend, Brassos, who helps him out sometimes.
1: As most people do in Star Wars, you know.
0: Surreal <laughs> <laughs> so Karn is an Imperial officer who's mm-hmm. an extremely interesting character, just as well-written as, like, Director Krennic in Rogue One, honestly.
1: yeah. And again, like, I think this is a part of the, like, feeling of it not being Star Wars because here's an authority figure who's not very obviously from the Empire. And I don't even know, like, I don't even know what the system is or what the setup is it's for having, confusing. like... very <laughs>
0: confusing.
1: It is. But, like, the I think the fact that we don't know, again, adds to that feeling of, like, we don't know this universe, but we do... But so, like, the fact that he very obviously holds some sort of a power, but and then, like, we'll get into it later, but then in, like, the third episode, the Empire comes in, and they're just, like, no, we're going to take over this whole sector. And he's just, like, going through this turmoil and obvious, like, quarter-life crisis now. (laughs) But he, like... It's been interesting even to hear interviews of, I don't remember the actor's name who plays Cyril, but he had said, you know, like, because he sees Cassian and he sees that he's just kind of doing what he needs to, just to survive and just to get out of that. And he has that freedom in some way that he looks at that and is like intrigued by it because maybe he wants that for himself, but he's also like, how can someone have that? and like that's not orderly and that's not okay so right. i need to like squash that out and take care of it so it's like very very empire based thinking but it's also just a very unique like character characterization i think
0: i think he'll turn sides eventually but we'll see what happens um I-
1: I wonder, like I, I was thinking that too, like he seems like he very easily could make that shift, but I also think it'd be interesting like if he maybe even like pulls uh, Javert and Les Mis, where he's like, he acts like he's on their side and then is actually like, no, I'm going to turn you in or something like that. I think that would also be pretty interesting. Like that yes, betrayal. I swear
0: by the stars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not the swear by the stars.
0: I was in Lame is actually, in high school.
1: No way. <laughs> yeah. Who were you?
0: I was one of the guys on the barricade, and I was also <sighs> the guy who got hit by a cart in the beginning. And, like, Jean Valjean, like, lifts up the cart to save me. Oh. And went like, off. But on the last show, the cart actually hit me.
1: Oh no, <laughs> and so you did not need to act.
0: <laughs> no, but the director actually came up to me and was like, you did such a great job on that last one. I was like, yeah, it was all acting.
1: Yeah, Eddie, every other time it was like, it was, it was all right. But the last time you really, really got into getting hit by a cart. Wow.
0: <laughs> that Just was phenomenal real.
1: phenomenal acting. <laughs>
0: But that actor who plays Surreal Carn, I think he's taken some inspiration from like World War One and World War Two officers as well, mm. which is kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean
1: it's scary, but it it works.
0: No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've never seen this actor in anything else, but I hope to after this role. He's very good at playing a Boy Scout trying to be an intimidating man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and i and i think it's it's a boy scout trying to like find his place because he's he's very i think to some degree comfortable with where he is like with his job and maybe his position or something but it's very obvious that his moral compass is much stronger than the people he's around so he's like trying to be a man and he's also trying to like fix this organization that he's a part of to then mm-hmm. fix the greater community or whatever sector he's in charge of because he can sense so much like disorder and i like don't know how to describe it exactly but he's just very like he
0: he's wants to very control. by the book he's
1: very like Straightforward, and this is how it says it's supposed to be, so it is. And again, like I think Cassian comes in to just kind of like totally throw that logic to the wind for him, or something, you know?
0: Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Andor visits his friend uh, Bix because he wants to. <laughs> sell we
1: stand Bix in this house.
0: <laughs> we stand Bix. <laughs>
1: I want to know where she went. I want her back.
0: Yeah, I'm confused. I thought she was... I'm sure she'll be back. I hope so. It's Yeah, it's Star Wars.
1: It's Star Wars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He wants to sell a part to someone she knows, which is Lucen. Mm-hmm bix's significant other tim we do not stand tim
1: absolutely not i (laughs) felt zero the only remorse that i felt with tim's death is bix's reaction to it so i'm like okay so he obviously meant something great to her but i'm like in general just no you don't need (laughs) it he did
0: it to himself
1: correct
0: (laughs) um but Tim is extremely hateable. He does all the <laughs> wrong things in the time that he's in the series. <laughs> Correct. Carn is really determined to look into the incident with the two officers on Morlana One, even though his superior officer said to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Vix communicates with someone through a satellite-like thing, and uh, Tim tries to follow her there unsuccessfully. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the other obviously hateable thing about Tim, is that they're in a relationship or something, but there is no trust. He does not trust. I mean, she doesn't do the things that she says that she's going to, like to give him some credit, but if you're feeling sus about it, just talk about it, my dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Come on, (laughs) Tim.
1: Come on, Tim.
0: And or keep stealing an uh, NS9 star path or star unit or whatever to go off planet since it can't be uh, tracked. But his friend Pegla said he can't take it out anymore. Sure. Which was not nice. But I get it. Poor Pegla. Yeah. Uh, the second episode has Cassian going to his adoptive mother, Marva, who's worried about a warning going out for information on a Kanari man. Um, mm-hmm. Tim reads this warning on a monitor and immediately rats him out to the Imperials.
1: But I think I think it's interesting, too, because if I remember correctly, I think Marva was like, who did you tell that you were Canarian or Kanari?" And he was like, no one. And I think it's interesting just to think about the concept of like different races and identities within Star Wars because it's yeah. like it's like is there something that's distinctly Canarian or is it just like cuz they just said it could be any like kanari man and everyone I think was asking or I have to go back and rewatch it but I think people were like who do you know if it's from kanari like who 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 knows about that anymore and I know that like their planet ended up being destroyed by this like chemical disaster but i think that that's interesting that they were able to kind of slightly bring in the topic of like race and different backgrounds and how that plays into like the star wars universe like how many how many different races are there and how many different identities are there but also like what signifies that and what could make Cassian like a suspect by being canarian you know
0: Yeah, that was a very interesting concept too, because that hasn't been discussed in the Star Wars universe yet.
1: (laughs) It's always like, here's this alien (laughs) that's like very distinctly like this thing, you know? Like, there's a Wookiee, or there's a Hut, or something. I don't even think a Hut is like a a race necessarily, but like they're very, very
0: obviously. Criminal in this case. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mm because. Everyone is supposedly dead on Canary. <laughs> right? Yeah. Lieutenant Mosk was actually in the Batman too. He was the chief of police before ah. the Riddler killed him.
1: <laughs> it's like he's like um, Timothy Oliphant, where he plays like one type of character. <laughs> he's the <laughs> he's the head like cop or something, and Timothy Oliphant plays the sheriff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Tim and Bix almost have like an almost kind of sex scene, which was really odd to see in Star Wars. It was almost kind of uncomfortable.
1: I, like I, I agree with you on that one, but I also <laughs> think like again, it like it's making it more real, and I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing that Andor does so well because it's not again. In like very overt Star Wars land, <laughs> like somewhere, but it's it's very character driven and it's very mundane. And like I think it's nice that they released the first three episodes because like the first two episodes, like nothing really happens that much, mm-hmm. <laughs> and is until like the very I think it's the very end of the second or the third episode. I honestly can't remember at this point, but it's only at that point that like the greater storyline picks up and like the first two episodes are just here's this one character that's like going through his day-to-day thing and this one event happens to happen and here's all these other things that happen to go on because of that and i think it's kind of cool that they showed that cuz i was like i was like wow they have sex in star wars <laughs> wild like obviously but th- right. it's never been talked about before it's really <laughs> or it's never funny. been like shown so closely before you know what i mean
0: mhm my inner child was like very confused <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> a flashback to kanari shows one of the kanari women approaching uh, a crashed separatist ship to investigate but she gets shot immediately after one of them spot her mm-hmm. which was very unfortunate Yeah. Um, someone in the episode later reads a report that calls Canary an imperial mining disaster where everyone died the mm-hmm. um, real Karn gives a horrible speech to his men before they arrive to arrest <laughs> and on ferricks Lieutenant Relatable Mosk- king. Yes.
1: <laughs> Public speaking is not it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lieutenant Mosk hypes him up the whole time, then. Yeah. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is finally in the show. His Woo-hoo. characters. Woop- <laughs> Doctor Eric Selvig.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, what franchise can't Stellan Skarsgård be a part of? <laughs>
0: He's in Dune too.
1: He's in Dune. He's in Marvel. He's in Star Wars. He's in Mamma Mia. He's, <laughs> he's just like, he's doing it.
0: He's doing what no other actor has done. Yeah. <laughs> His character's name is Luthan, and he's also a super interesting uh, character thus far. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to uh, episode three, though. Luthen makes it to Bix, who warns him about how the Imperials are looking for a canary man, but Andor is listed to be from Fest, so they're assuming he's fine. Exactly. In another flashback, we see young Cassian on the Imperial shuttle, destroying things because he doesn't recognize any of the technology. Mm-hmm. Marva and her partner at the time, Clem, which I didn't catch before.
1: I did not catch that until you just said it. That's yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> it's really wow. sad who, though. <laughs> who, knew,
1: who knew Cassian could be so sentimental? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess at this point he is.
1: <laughs> Maybe. But I do think it's interesting before we move on to like the next point that there was like a shot where as like Cassian's going into the ship and he's like exploring everything... Um, or maybe this was in the second episode, I can't remember, but he, like, sees his own reflection in, like, the panel on the wall or something. Yeah. It's, like, I just thought that that was even interesting because, like, first of all, I think you wouldn't think naturally to take a moment like that as you're going through it, but it's another, like, character establishment that, you know, he grew up in... An environment where it was just very like I don't know like very bare bones and just they had like very basic tools and it was like a I guess maybe a simple kind of a way to live and then he comes across like this giant thing and it's all unknown and it obviously hurts someone that he cared about and it's some sort of you know scary new thing and then he that's when he sees himself for the first time and so I think that that's kind of that's a very interesting like again showing and not telling but it's it's a very unique kind of take on that like reveal of the self I think
0: I was a little confused during that part only because I was like Are there any ponds or lakes or rivers or anything that he could have looked at before? Maybe that he
1: wouldn't have gotten that clear of an image
0: on. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was, yeah. (laughs) That makes more sense. But Marva and Clem were trying to get supplies off the ship. And uh, they end up rescuing Cassian. Yeah, and B two is also there, and he's not stuttering. <laughs>
1: that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe, hmm, maybe as Cassian grew up, he was like trying to fiddle with him, and then he actually broke it. But then Marva was just like, you know what, kids, fine, and Let now that's suffer. out. <laughs> Let him suffer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, they knew that the planet would be infiltrated by the Empire, and that he would most likely die. He probably would have, given what we know about Kanari. Yeah. Uh, behind the scenes, they actually wrote an entire language for Kanari for the show. Yeah. And Marva and Clem's actors legitimately did not know what young Cassian was saying to them.
1: <laughs> That's really cool, though. Like I always mm-hmm. think that that kind of direction is always really interesting where it's like, you let one actor or like a set of actors in on some thing, and then you just get the natural reactions of the other actors in the scene or, um you know, like in a particular shot, like I think that that's always such an interesting way of going about just getting that authenticity.
0: Right. Surreal Karn and his men, They go to Marva's house and harass her and B2, which Mm -hmm. is very rude. Yeah. Cassian meets up with Luthan and tries to sell him the Starpath unit, the square box thing.
1: The square box thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is extremely valuable. Luthan's more interested in recruiting Andor, though. People have a theory that, like, Luthan purposely planted the box as like a golden ticket type of thing to see who oh. would steal it
1: that's interesting yeah i mean based on what we know about his character so far i feel like i wouldn't put that past him but i definitely did not catch that like i didn't think about that, no, that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luthen gets really excited when cassian talks about how much he hates the empire <laughs> He calls him Cassian Andor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like, a part of me is like, I don't know if that's a character choice or if that's just how Stellan Skarsgård says Andor, or, you know. I think
0: they purposefully mispronounce things in Star Wars all the time. And I think yeah. it's kind of like a nod to how people have their own way of pronouncing things. Han and Han, <laughs> Han, Han. Alder Ron, Alder <laughs>
1: Correct! <laughs> that's like the new that's the new Star Wars like shtick. That's the new thing. It's like yeah, the father the father-son dynamic, the first shot in a cantina, and mispronouncing things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a nod to like fans mispronouncing these things all the time, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Luthen hints that uh, Clem may have been hung in the streets of Ferrix. He says Yikes. the same streets that your father was were, was hung at or something.
1: Interesting. I wonder if it was Clem, though, or if it was, like, right. Cassian's, like, birth father. Interesting. And I think it's... I'm even wondering still about, like, his... I, w- I want more of, like the backstory from Canari, because like I'm like it seemed like it was all the kids that were like the military in some way and there was like very young people that were leading like this group of explorers through and like any of the parents or like the adults it looked like in that village were just kind of like yeah like that's just they didn't seem to object in any way so I wonder like are there many parents in that like in that culture or is that something that's like normal like, like what is what is the norm and like what did Cassine grow up with like did he have parents or was it all just like this group unit type of a thing and that's why once he really got into the rebellion that that's when he was like no I gotta stick by this because like they were just there wasn't any like like obviously they had leaders like Leia and Mon Mothma but it was I feel like they were never leading like okay I'm in charge and I'm calling all the shots, it's very, you know, group oriented. So I wonder if that's like, we're making all these connections right now. psychology. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got to to bring in that psych minor knowledge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Luthen gets annoyed with Cassian when he finds out that he's holding a comm to communicate with B2. (laughs) Which I thought was
1: so funny because I'm like, I feel like it even from an outsider who is not a part of the story and it's you know fictional i'm even like cassian come on man and (laughs) like of all people that i should be worried about to make that mistake i didn't think it would be cassian
0: (laughs) these are early stages cassian (laughs) yeah (laughs) i guess (laughs) luthan and andor have a really cool shootout and the set design was especially cool here with the uh hanging machineries
1: yeah and even just like the i remember watching because that was like the promo video that they made for it and i realized between that promo and like what was actually in the episode i feel like there was a lot of like cutting in and out because i think it was it was like interspersed with scenes of cyril going through like the village or something like that but like that the way that they set up like dropping that and the way that they kind of like choreographed the way that Cassian and Luthan would like move throughout that area. Like, I think that that was just so unique and just very different from maybe like anything else we have really seen in Star Wars where it's like very distinctly like, no, everything just goes to hell. Everything is just getting destroyed. But now it's like, it's very, it was a very meticulous way of having things like, Destroy, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: No, yeah, it was a cool spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> Luthen has the door set with an explosive prior to the Imperials arriving. And, Gotta be prepared. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Always have your exit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tim gets shot by an Imperial and ends up dying. P- probably... The same guy who shot him unsuccessfully tries to leave the planet and his crew, but he crashes He crashes the ship and dies as well. Yeah. Again, probably, this is Star Wars. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Marvel's speech to the Imperials in her house about a reckoning was so well done, too. Mm-hmm. When the clanging that was constantly going throughout the town stops... Cassian is in perfect position to shoot Karin in the back of the head.
1: It was, that was so well done. Mm-hmm. I loved that so much. And I think like the i the idea of having this very again like community based relationship and how once everyone saw that what like the Imperials or again like whatever organization that Cyril's a part of, having them go into Marva's house and see that she's not you know like she didn't do anything wrong but they're just like coming in and wrecking everything and then like their reaction to like protect her and to protect them like i think that that was really cool but just yeah like the design and the idea of having just like that constant noise and to all of a sudden just like cut that all out and then they just th- I don't remember how long it was until we, like, heard any other, like, music or distinct, like, sound design again. But just, like, that silence after was just, oh, it was so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really well done. I like the, the uh, everything you said, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, we, we like that. <laughs> yes.
0: Cassian and Luthan, they rig a speeder with explosives and speed off in a different speeder to get away. Karn's really sad about failing. Yeah. I really (laughs) like the ending with the back and forth of Cassian with Luthan and Cassian as a child with Marva going into hyperspace at the same time. The score was so well done here and it's a perfect way to end the episode. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And again, like, I think it's, it's nice that they released again, like those first three episodes altogether, because I feel like, again, like if they released it like one at a time, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have had as much of an impact, but the fact that they gave us all of that setup and then it's like, now we're going to take it slower and now we're going to go one at a time. And now you're going to have to piece a lot more together each week. I think to end it off, this like first bit with like that great buildup and all those parallels and bringing everything together. Like that was beautiful. That yeah. was such a good sequence.
0: It was a great way to wrap up the first day of Andor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but in episode four, Cassian mentions to Luthan that he was in the battle of Mumban or Mimbin or something like that. I don't which is actually the same one that Han solo was in in solo a Star Wars story when he meets Woody Harrelson's character
1: really <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> he said that they both sides were fighting each other hopefully oh. Han solo and Cassian weren't fighting each other
1: <laughs> that would be interest that would be an interesting story though <laughs> yeah
0: I gave a little yelp when I saw Coruscant show up on my screen. I got really excited. (laughs) Coruscant's turned into the Imperial Security Bureau, the Imperial's capital, now that the Empire took over. Mm. Their goal is to stop any spreading of rebellion. They want to stop the virus from spreading, they say, which is a cool, I don't know, it's just (laughs) well-written.
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Ferex is now an Imperial sanctioned territory after the incident from the last episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Poor Cyril.
0: Yeah, poor
1: Cyril. <laughs> <girl. laughs>
0: Andor chooses to take on the name Clem when Luthen says that he should have a different name for the job he's about to take. Mm-hmm. All Luthen said is that there's a crew of people, basically. And that they're yep. going to cut up a <laughs> quarterly payroll of imperials or whatever
1: yeah and casting's <laughs> like sure sounds good
0: <laughs> sounds fun i don't have any plans today
1: <laughs> You've gotta work hard for the money
0: mhm <laughs> luthan gives andor a down payment of a kyber crystal which is extremely valuable yeah and i love
1: i love that callback to rogue one mm-hmm. and with Jin and I for, I keep trying to remember what it was the um the line but it was like the it was like the most powerful the purest ones have hearts of kyber and the fact that both Cassian and Jin inherited kyber crystals like and oh, uh, just like the way that their story ends up and this mm-hmm. journey that they go on together and the and parallels dying that they together. Have, yeah. yeah and like f- what they die for like ugh. Well done, <laughs> whoever whoever wrote that in. Good job, you deserve a and
0: raise. Gilroy. Gilroy. <laughs> but Luthan wants the Kyber crystal back. When this is all over, they meet up. Will per-
1: he get it back?
0: <laughs> Hopefully, I'm assuming yes, because this mm-hmm. is Star Wars.
1: <laughs> I want to assume yes, but I also think. Like, since we don't see him, Luthen, later, like, I wonder if, like, he's gonna die in some way, <laughs> and Cassian's just like, all right. Oh, <laughs> just like, <yeah>. mine now.
0: <laughs> <out. laughs> <That'd> be nice. <laughs> I mean, not for Luthen, but... Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then I wonder, like, if later on in Rogue One, again, I really need to rewatch it to remember exactly how everything went down, but, like, once he sees Jin with the kyber crystal and then kind of, like, recognizes, like...
0: Triggered.
1: Okay, that's kind of. <laughs> whereas, like, that's what makes him, like, more intrigued into, like, her and what her backstory is. Because, like, he obviously, like, maybe inherited it in, like, this kind of, like schemey sly sort of a way so he's like how'd you get yours like <laughs> what's your deal <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your story <laughs> yeah luthan and andora end up meeting up with vel mm-hmm. and after some arguing she takes cassian on for the job they're about to do the job is really reminiscent of rogue one's mission since it seems mm-hmm. so like impossible
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I like seeing Luthen transform into his alter ego. It's yeah. so cool that someone's infiltrating the Empire in this way. And such a creative idea.
1: And again, like the concept of showing, not telling, where it's not like okay i'm getting ready for this and i'm gonna go and pose as this shopkeeper guy you know it's i am just a like... different
0: person now
1: yeah and i thought it was interesting because in the any promos that i saw that involved Luthen's character like with the longer hair i thought that that was all like a flashback or something and then like when he started like putting that on i was like oh okay like this is new this is different and oh. then like seeing him do his like little practice of his his motions or just like his like behavior and like that was all so like it's so relatable <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think i remember seeing on twitter it was like someone just posted a picture of him like in his stance And they were just like, never have I ever related to a character more than Luthan practicing to be normal in society.
0: (laughs) Ready to go out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of reminded me of the bathroom scene in Joker with him dancing a little bit.
1: Yeah, And I think, yeah, like even parallels from that. Now I'm going to bring in like some little dance knowledge here. I think (laughs) that... That scene where Joaquin Phoenix was just kind of dancing, like that was, I think the director just told him like, okay, like, here's how we're going to direct it and you just go. And so that was just him naturally moving. And that wasn't choreographed in any way, but it looked just so spectacular. Like, I think both because of-
0: improvised, too.
1: Yeah, I think both because of like the character- of joker itself but also where it was in the story and like so to see luthan kind of doing like this practicing of the mannerisms and the persona it's like wh- again like he's another very great character i'm like who are you what are you doing and like what's your deal like i get i think what your general deal is just just like empire bad and rebellion yes but how did how did you get there and like Mm -hmm. why why did you get why are you doing this you know
0: all the characters are so intriguing in the show i love it
1: they're so well written
0: Mm -hmm. i like cassian's crew they're very well acted uh Mm -hmm. apparently skeet is from the bear in on hulu
1: oh i was gonna say he's from the punisher too
0: Oh really. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was um Oh gosh, I'm trying to I've been like trying to remember his name because again, I think the Punisher was one that I kind of like watched really quickly. It's um, been a while. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he was was it Lieberman? it was something Lieberman. But yeah, he's like And now I'm trying to remember the Punisher's name. I'm like really blanking on the names today. I just know um, the actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like John Bernthal's, like the the guy, the guy on the computer, you know, like here his like, he was the one that was um had like all the security cameras like in his house and like monitoring his family. He was the same guy, and I was yeah. so when I saw him again, I was like,
0: hey man, how <laughs> Have alive. you
1: been? You're <laughs> alive.
0: Then <laughs> the one kid uh, whose name I can't remember, he's also from The Imitation Game.
1: I was it's gonna say tasty. he seemed, yeah, he was very familiar too.
0: I hope he's in a lot more. He deserves it.
1: <laughs> Although people were comparing him to, not Bodhi. I'm trying to remember his name from Rogue One. I can't remember. <laughs> but the the one who, like, said the line that's like Rogue, Rogue One, like that's our call sign. Like people were. Comp- S-O. No, 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 no. Um, I'm about. To, I'm gonna have to like look it up really quick because I can't go on not knowing who oh, oh. <laughs> this was.
0: What's his name?
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, it was Bodhi Rook. Okay, yeah, Riz Ahmed's character. <laughs> Bodhi Rook. <Yeah. laughs> they were they were comparing Bodhi to like the very young character like in the group of like Val's group and so they were like people predicting that they kind of meet a similar end just with their like because they both were like very like philosophical about like the entire rebellion and were just very like kind of wide-eyed I think in general about the whole thing and so like kind of um, predicting that that innocence and that just like purity is going to probably go away at some point so people are kind of people are kind of like guessing that in like the next episode when like they do this plan or this plan goes through that they're kind of like preparing themselves for that character to no longer be in the series
0: <laughs> to die <laughs> to die skeet mentioned saw Gerrera. i'm very excited to see him show up again too
1: yeah Boris um, whitaker <laughs>
0: <laughs> crew is not a fan of bringing Cassian on for the job since it's so late in the game at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and the then, trust is not there.
0: No. Nah, at least not <laughs> yet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Surreal Karn and his crew get fired and their job titles don't even exist anymore. He, sad. Very sad. I guess. <laughs> he goes home to his mother. He was also a phenomenal actress from uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth, which just came out last year. (laughs) Okay. Luthan pretends to be an antique collector on Coruscant. And uh, we see Mon Mothma show up to see uh, Luthan and have a secret conversation with him.
1: (laughs) Yay, Mon!
0: Yay! She was great again. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of Easter eggs in his collection, such as a uh, Mandalorian armor and even Indiana Jones's lasso. I mean, <laughs> I mean go I off,
1: go go off, George Lucas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mon Mothma is dealing with a lot. She has a battle with the Empire and the battle at home against her husband, who's very much for the Imperials.
1: Yeah. Or just daughters. very, very Wait. much for, just himself.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Will Bail Organa show up at some point too? If Fingers Mon crossed. Is there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
1: you. I think like there was at some point. I don't remember if maybe it was in a promo or if Mon had said something in her conversation with Luthen, but I thought she kind of mentioned. Uh, that either like there were other people involved or there's like some other like there are allies that are around or something like that and i'm just like
0: it's the early i'm like, like Bale? Of the rebellion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like bail
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's out there
1: he is out there and he he's around he's you know doing doing things
0: he's hanging out with yoda
1: yeah or he's taking care of leia at this point right Play is just the baby.
0: But he knows where Yoda is. Yeah. <laughs> um, when,
1: when's Yoda going to pop up? <laughs>
0: hopefully not. <laughs> I know. We get introduced to the last member of Cassian's crew, Lieutenant Gorn. He's tired of the Empire's ways and decided mm-hmm. to go against them. We find out why in the next episode, but... That's a different podcast. That's a different
1: <laughs> podcast or a different time.
0: <laughs> My last note is uh, the crew explaining the Eye of Aldani. That will help give them a moment to get ahead of the uh, speeding TIE fighters mm-hmm. while they get away. That was an interesting concept. It's like a I'm... meteor shower or whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that's going to look because it's almost giving, like... Or the way that I almost imagine it was in, like when um, Moon Knight was like turning back the stars to see that how things so were, cool. and like just the way that that was shot. Like I, I, I imagine it'll be something like that, grand with that much spectacle. So I'm like, I'm very interested to see what that's gonna look like. I'm assuming it's not Marvel
0: VFX, so it'll be better. It's
1: not Marvel. VFX. sending so much love to marvel vfx you guys are really going through it right now
0: Oh god (laughs) but did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about on the first four episodes
1: i don't think so other than i'm just very excited to see where this is gonna go and especially since we do have a second season i'm really intrigued to see where the first season's gonna end and like what's gonna be like that finale
0: what's the cliffhanger
1: yeah oh for sure but you know like <laughs> I-, I wonder how this is all gonna progress because there are 12 episodes and we're not even halfway through and i feel like there's so much that's going on I won- i wonder what's gonna be like the second half and like what's gonna be the big thing that's gonna happen you know
0: yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. The Mandalorian's first two seasons got nominated for Best Drama at the Emmys, so I would not be surprised if this did too now.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if this took a lot of Emmy nods because there's so much going on in it that's just absolutely stunning. Like like you mentioned before, like the cinematography, like some of these shots, like that hang it in the Louvre. Like <laughs> like they're they're so good and yeah and again like the i think the set design and the production design is something again reminiscent of star wars but it's all so just new and very it's it's mundane but it's something that we'd never like we don't pay attention to that in star wars we always pay attention to like the action scenes or like the the intense exactly the lightsabers like we don't we don't pay attention to all of all of like the smaller components and the smaller characters within the universe so it's really really neat to see that getting some attention now and really adding to this greater universe
0: yeah i love how grounded this series is so far Mm, yeah but thank you so much for coming on the podcast Um, thank you
1: so much for inviting me i'm so excited yeah
0: (laughs) me too (laughs) Do you have an outro or anything that you want to say?
1: <laughs> I've got nothing. I'll work on it for next time. <laughs>
0: I always put people on the spot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'll, nice. come
1: up with, I'll come up with one for next time, I think. <laughs> I'll <right>. try.
0: <laughs> Be nice to each other out there.